This is the Inside Slant Football Podcast. And here we go, here we go. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. We have the latest on KU recruiting, analysis, and what the coaches and players are saying behind the scenes. Here are your hosts, Randy Withers and John Kirby. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant Podcast pregame edition from JayhawkSlant.com. We are going to rehash the loss to Oklahoma and then we're going to flush it because that's all you can do after a game like the Jayhawks had against the Sooners last Saturday. We're going to give our predictions for the Baylor game, look ahead to the next Big 12 matchup with the Bears, and we're going to talk with Kevin Longquist, who covers the Bears program, covers the Baylor program, excuse me, for the Rivals Network. We are going to hear from Devin Neal and Rich Miller, Jayhawks, about this matchup with the Baylor Bears and talk about the bye week, which immediately follows the game against Baylor, and really is going to be when we see recruiting kick into full gear and lead right into the start of official visit season. With that, let me go ahead and welcome in our publisher and my good friend, the man on the Kansas football beat, Mr. John Kirby. JK, how you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good, Randy. I just told I just told my wife, I said, don't turn the heat up. We're good. You it's know? awesome out right now. I mean, it is. Oh, it's beautiful. Hey, listen, you know, it, Kansas City is about the, one of the you, – you've been here your, pretty much your whole life. I mean, yeah. you know, it's the only place around that you can have your your heat on one night and have your air conditioning on the next day. So, Oh, it, well, it, it's hilarious. I follow the, uh, you know, the National Weather Service Kansas City on Facebook. And uh, they, they, put, they put up a thing the other day and they said that uh, – let's see. Tuesday – Winter, Wednesday, fall, Thursday, spring, and then Friday, <laughs> Saturday, it's going to be in the 80s. And they're like, and we go back to summer. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, Kansas City, you could have like the heat on one night, and then the next morning you wake up and you're, you know, when it warms up that day, you got the AC on. So, Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we have, we've got a thermostat that's got that cool, It's it's got the interval thing. Because uh, it's energy saving thing where it's like it only runs the air if it gets above a certain temperature and only kicks the heat on if it gets below a certain temperature. So that's where we've got it set right now. And the rest of the time, you know, it's just circulating air every 20 minutes. I'm telling you, that's that's the kind of this time of year. That's exactly what you got to have, because you literally never know what you're going to wake up to right now. <laughs> well, we got we got that thing where like, you know, the dampers and trust me, I'm no expert on this. But I had I had the people who service our air conditioner. They should. They wrote with like black marker on our furnace. This is where the dampers need to be for the winter, and this is where <laughs> they need to be for the summer. Because <laughs> when we go upstairs, you know, we want it cool in the summer. But the mm-hmm. problem is, we've got everything set up for the the summer dampers right now. So when it's when we turn the heat on. It's friggin' like a sauna upstairs. So I've got to figure that out, how to change that to where, you know, we don't wake up and it's 95 in our bedroom. <laughs> well, now that we've let off the podcast with the HVAC Minute from <laughs> JayhawkSlant.com. A bunch of guys that don't know what they're doing. Exactly. Listen to us talking about AC and ductwork and thermostats and dampers. I mean, come on, Curb. 
talked about the HVAC minute here on Jayhawk Slant's Inside Slant podcast. A bunch of guys talk about things like John said that don't we don't know anything about that kind of stuff. One thing we do know is that our good friends from Team Driven Fundraising are back again, sponsoring this edition of the Inside Slant pregame podcast. If you are a teacher, an administrator, a youth coach, or a parent of a youth athlete, or just a kid that's involved in activities, Team Driven Fundraising is the name you need to know to help raise funds for those kids to be involved in sports and help out kids that maybe couldn't otherwise be able to take part in those activities. Be sure and heck up, check them out. They're good friends of ours, supporters of the Inside Slant podcast. Go to teamdrivenfundraising.com and find out everything you need to know about how they can help you, your school, your sports program, or your youth activity. Hey, I want to say something about this, Randy. They re, you know, the, the guys at Team Driven Fundraising reached out to me today and said, all right, we saw enough from the TCU game. We saw enough from the OU game. We went back in. So they're they're going to try to change the tide, right? They're back in to sponsor, mm-hmm. hoping to get the Jayhawks back on the right track. You know what? We need about we need whatever we can mojo we can find right now, John. Because you know, looking looking at the loss to Oklahoma, it really feels like the walls just kind of caved in, and. KU ran into a buzzsaw, a Sooner squad under first-year head coach Brent Venables that had lost three in a row. I mean, I can't remember the last time that anybody played an Oklahoma team that had lost three games in a row, in football at least. I mean, what do you think about the the loss last Saturday, and, and where does this program go? Well, Randy, you know, it's kind of a—it's one of those deals— in sports, sometimes things are bad matchups, right? Like yeah. you, you can face teams that maybe aren't nearly as good as you, but they're going to give you trouble because of what they do. Okay, well, it's the and, old and, adage that styles make fights. Well, and I've, I've listened. I've talked to dozens and dozens of coaches over the years in my time of covering sports and at high school level, college level, and and you know I've heard that. Here's the bottom line, and I posted this on the board that hey, I, I misread the OU game. Okay, I totally misread it. Oklahoma was a bad matchup for KU. Okay, they had lost three in a row. They were going back home. It was homecoming. They were getting the quarterback back. What they do puts KU in bad spots. Okay, they spread you out. They've got good running game. They've got a good O line. They hurry up. You know, one of the things that KU has done so well that I think has made them hang in games on defense is they keep bodies fresh i mean they i think uh, two or three games this year they've played at least 20 players 20 snaps or more that's pretty phenomenal i'd like to see if other teams around the country are doing the same thing but what oklahoma got going is they got that hurry up and it was clicking and if you notice there was a lot of times they weren't subbing and it made KU's defenders stay on the field. They weren't able to sub out during that. And I think that started to take its toll. Then, well, and you, you factor that in with the weather, too. I mean, it was a hot day yes, there it was. in Norman. Yes, it was. I mean, that, it, was, it was, you know, over 80 air temperature, which means it was probably over 90 for sure on the field. And... I, I think you combine that, you factor that in with the, you know, the the tempo that Oklahoma runs at, and like you said, it was it was a bad matchup. 
It was. And, you know, what Oklahoma likes to do and can do well when everything's clicking, which it was that day, is what KU doesn't want to see teams do. So that also takes me to Oklahoma State and Texas Tech because Mm -hmm. these are future opponents. Oklahoma, I want to say, is running like in total plays. They rank maybe 18th in the country. Well, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech rank in the top five in plays run. So, I mean, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. And, you know, I heard Lance Leipold say it's hard to replicate that with a scout team. I heard him say that on Hawk Talk tonight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how you prepare for it, but, you know, they struggled with it. And they're going to face two more teams like it. Now, the good news is, and we'll get into this later, I don't think Baylor wants to do that. They're going to be more traditional. They're not going to spread you out quite as much. But like you said, we're going to talk about that Oklahoma game, and then we're going to flush it. You're exactly right. We're going to get this thing over with, and, you know, it's it's time now. Let's let's bring in some people that were on the field, that were in the thick of the action. Let's hear from our guest, running back Devin Neal, linebacker Rich Miller. You got a chance to sit down and talk with them, John. Let's hear from them and what their thoughts are after the game against Oklahoma. Devin Neal joins us now. <laughs> Coach said something about bumps and bruises. You know, everybody's kind of going through that right now. How, how you feeling? Yeah, I feel great. Um, just, it's really important for me just to stay in the training room and do what I can to, you know, stay on the field, and that's exactly what I've been doing. So, I feel really good. All right, you go two, five wins and then two losses. Just talk about the mentality of the team now. What do you guys talk about about getting back on the winning track? Yeah. It's kind of been talked about throughout this week, and we kind of just got to go back to what we do best, and you know, taking care of the little things off the field, and kind of, you know, through building our culture, we've kind of realized that when we focus on the little things that we do off the field and throughout the week, it really translates on the field, and you know, not missing assignments and doing stuff like that. So, getting back to those opportunities, what we need to do, and that's what we've been focusing on. All right, with Jason now having another week to get in and take those snaps with the ones does that give him more better continuity and timing with everything yeah i think uh he's starting to get a little even more comfortable you know with everything and you know get back in the groove you know sometimes when you're sitting for so long or that time period where you're not necessarily seeing those reps against defenses it you know it can take a toll on you so um i think he's starting to get back in the groove with the game speed everything and i'm super confident in him and i know the rest of the offense is too when you watch Baylor's defense, what do you see on film? Yeah, I think they're a physical group. You play, they play really fast, and I, I think they're a tough group of guys, you know, and it's a big challenge for us, and, um, you know, that's what we've been doing so far is preparing for them, and, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun challenge. So we talked about your body and staying in shape. Just talk about the transition once football's over as you start moving into thinking about baseball yeah. and also spring football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important for me to, you know, obviously maintain my weight and then get back in the groove with baseball, swinging the bat again. And, um, yeah, so that's what's pretty much going to be, just me getting back in the groove with everything. And also I think it's important for me to maintain my weight and my strength and don't drop off, you know, keep – if. If not increasing more weight, try to see what I'm like more or heavier. So that's what I'm gonna focus on this offseason. What have you seen from Coach Fitzgerald in the baseball program so far? Yeah, from like the small highlights that I've been able to see with um, you know the uh, scrimmages going on. You know they look like a tough group of guys. You know, and I'm, I'm excited to meet most of the guys because obviously it's a huge roster turnaround. But um, yeah, I think they're a good group of guys that um, are willing to do what's needed to get wins. Devin, thanks. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Going by Rich Miller. Rich, you know, it was a tough one against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Just talk about, you know, the challenge of facing a team 
that's going fast trying to do 100 snaps? Um, it, it's really challenging because, you know, you don't have time to sit there and think about, um, you know, you, you don't have time to sit there and read your pre-snap keys. Like, you don't have time to overanalyze things. You don't have time to read exactly what they're doing. They don't give you time to figure them out. So it's challenging, but, you know, the more practice we have against it, which we have been doing, you know, the better we'd be at it. You guys are going eight straight games without a bye. Just talk about what that does to the body and just the physical challenges of that. Uh, it can be challenging if, if you don't um, stay on top of it for sure. If you don't stay on top of it, it can be super challenging. Like you got to make sure we eating good and make sure we, you know, getting extra lifts in to keep our body strong. But it can definitely be challenging. It could be tough. Like, you know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot we do during every game and you know practices and all that sh- all that week in week out. So, you know. It's just, it'll be tough, but, you know, as long as you stay on top of it, we'll be all right. When you go into Baylor, is it kind of like a mentality of let's go in, let's throw it all out on the field, let's get after it, mm-hmm. and then we get a week off? Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're we trying to go in here and give everything we got. Like, we're not, we're not just trying to get past the week. We're trying to, you know, beat the week, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to do everything we can do because we understand we got we got a break next week. So we get everything we got. We can make it to the break, get healthy next week, and, you know, we'll be all right for the next game coming up. What do you see from Baylor's offense? Um, they are who they are. They're going to run what they run, and, you know, they won't, they're going to put the ball down and try to make you stop them. So it's going to be up to us to stay disciplined in our uh, reads, our keys, and doing what we do best to stop what they do. If you said something offensively, watching them on film, what is something they do well that could be a challenge? <clears throat> I think they do a, a great job at, uh, you know, doing their jobs. Like, I don't – like, if you watch film, you don't see too many times where they will probably mess up and give up too much. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like they do a great job at running their stuff, and they know it very well. You know what I'm saying? The O-line play great together, so – you know, I think they do a great job of doing what they do. They don't try to do too much. They do what they do, and they move on. Since you've come to Kansas under Coach Simpson, I think you're sixth in the Big 12 right now in tackles. Mm-hmm. Just talk about how you've developed under Coach Simpson and just what you've accomplished as a player since you came here from Buffalo. Um, they they pushed me into more of a leadership role, more of a role where I need to, to learn more and know more and just be the catalyst of the defense, you know what I'm saying, to push everything forward. So, you know, that helped me understanding how, how offenses work, how we work as a defense. And, you know, it just allowed me to be in the best position to succeed. You know, uh, he taught me a lot just, like, about different alignments and, you know, how to do my assignment better. So that's helped me game in and game out. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, you know, that mentality part, too, just just having that confidence that nobody can stop me. So that, that's been one of the major keys. Thanks, Rich. No problem. We've got the Baylor Bears coming up next this Saturday in a what is really, again, another key game before the Jayhawks head into the bye week. And to preview the matchup with the Bears, we're going to listen to our next guest, Kevin Longquist, who covers the Baylor program for the Rivals Network. We are joined by Kevin Longquist, who is the publisher of Sikkim Sports, and he covers all of the Baylor athletics. Kevin, how are you doing today, man? Always a pleasure to visit with you, John. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So, you know, as we look at this game, I mean, the Jayhawks and the Bears could both be without their starting quarterbacks on Saturday, and we're doing this mm-hmm. recording on Wednesday, so we really don't know what's going to develop with this. So the listeners need to keep in mind we're doing this without the exact knowledge of who's going to be at quarterback. So my first question is, 
Tell me about this offense with Blake Shapin and what he brings to the offense. Okay, so I think the one thing that Blake would bring, which is why he won the job out of spring football, was the fact that he brought a big vertical uh, approach to the passing attack, which is something that they missed during their championship run last year. He won this job because Baylor's passing game, while it was efficient last year, there were times when it really got bogged down. And because Blake could stretch the field with big 60-yarders or 50-yarders or something like that, it really kind of made the offense a little bit more balanced. And the fact that, you know, and we saw that even last week against West Virginia with just his precision. He's He's got tremendous arm strength, and I think his command of the offense uh, is pretty solid as well. There were I really had no issues with the way Blake's been playing this year. You know, you could you could look at the two interceptions he threw against Oklahoma State, but that was when they were chasing the game, and they had a probably had to get out of some things in their game plan that they needed to do because they had to try and get back and try and get this thing tighter, try and rally to win it. So, but for the most part, I think Blake's done fine. He's not the runner that maybe a Gary Bohannon was. So there are some things that they're giving up in that respect. But for the most part, I think they've they've done the right thing in terms of making him the starter. And, of course, with his injury at West Virginia on the concussion, we'll just have to wait and see if the two extra days mean something and if he's going to be available to play or start or whatever the case may be. All right, so if he can't go, tell me about Kyron Drones. You know, there were a lot of questions about Kyron before this season started, when he was the backup quarterback, when Gary Bohannon transferred to South Florida, Kyron automatically became the backup quarterback. And I'll tell you, in the spring game, Kyron did some things that made you go, yikes. And But the way he stepped in and played in that second half at West Virginia, uh, I came away feeling a little bit better about him as a quarterback, just being able to handle the speed of the Division One game. He's also, as you can tell on tape, he's a big kid, about 6'2", 225, and he's got some oomph on his throws. And I think there would be more of a running element to him. My suspicion would be is if he winds up starting or playing to some extent against the Jayhawks Saturday is that you'll see kind of a maybe a more conservative passing, again, uh, passing approach because they don't want to put him in difficult spots. Now, having said that, they might just, he might just unleash a 65-yarder. Who knows? But I think there will be more of an attention for him to being able to try and run because he's got that athleticism to him to to have that capability to put that in the offensive game plan on Saturday. All right, Baylor's offense, they call it the RVO under Jeff Grimes. Tell me what the RVO is. What is it what is it built around and then who are some of the other players to watch on offense? Okay, so it's a it's a running approach where it's basically the back, if the line blocks the way it's supposed to, that there will be basically holes in just about every gap, the A gap, the B gap, that sort of thing. And it would be a lot of stretch plays where running backs will be able to identify which hole they want to try and pick through in order to, in order to get through and, and pick up yardage, of course. And uh, really it's kind of come down to they don't have Tay McWilliams. They're starting their they're starting tailback to start the season. He got – to. He took a concussion against BYU about a month ago, and he hasn't returned since, and that's kind of scary. But they've relied on this true freshman by the name of Richard Reese, who's down from South Texas, and he's done a pretty good job. He's not a big kid, but he's done really, really well for them taking the lead role. Then they have Quaylen Jones, who's a veteran. He can be kind of like that short yardage big type of back, the kind of a Abram Smith type of back that Baylor had last year. Now, Quaylen's not going to be – 
confused with Abram, but he's kind of a more of a bigger guy. And then after that, it's unknown because they don't know about Squirrel Williams, the other running back in this offense. He also suffered a concussion against West Virginia, and he's in the protocol as well. So I think after that, uh, if Squirrel can't play, and that's his nickname, if Squirrel can't play, then the, the then it probably goes down to your third back as a and your last scholarship running back is a kid by the name of Jordan Jenkins who saw a little time in the opener against Albany, but that's been it. So, Kevin, you know one of the trademarks that that, that I've always thought of Baylor, especially when I watch them defensively, is they've always been so physical, right? I mean, mm-hmm. t- tell me about the defense this year. What have you seen from them? You know who who are some of the guys to watch there, and what has your been? What's been your impression of the defense? Well, I think coming into the season, the reason why, or one of the reasons why Baylor was picked to win the Big Twelve this year by the media, including me, was because the fact that both of the their fronts were coming back. The majority of them on each side of the line was returning, and. This defensive line this year, led by their nose tackle, uh, Apo Ika, uh, just hasn't reached that level of performance that I think we all thought they were going to get to. And that's been probably the biggest disappointment this year. They're deep. They've got, you know, they've got solid guys by the name of Gabe Hall, uh, Cole Maxwell, uh, to go along with Apu, uh, TJ Franklin. They've all, they've all earned great reputations. Just for some reason, it hasn't meshed this year. And because of that, they just haven't been very good in terms of their pass rush. If you look at the game last week against West Virginia, where JT Daniels just basically had all sorts of time uh, to survey the field and make his throws, that really was one of the big issues in that game. And it's really been a problem all season long. Now, their linebacker group is pretty good. They've had a, you know, they everyone had a bad night against West Virginia tackling. There's no question about that. But Matt Jones, Dylan Doyle in the middle, and Bryson Jackson. Uh, are also uh, you know pretty solid guys. They've been pretty good handling the middle part of the field. Secondary is is very very young, and they because of that lack of pass rush, they've been exposed a couple times. Now, one of their senior leaders in the secondary is a safety by the name of Christian Morgan, who I think has really come on this year, had a tremendous season. He was one of those super seniors that had the ability to either leave or come back. He chose to come back this year. And it's paid off. Now their secondary is kind of up and down. Their corners are, I should say, are pretty much up and down with kids like uh, Al Walcott, who plays what you would call the star position. is kind of like that nickelback. And then your other corners are Snacks, Johnson, uh, as well as A.J. McCarty. They've just been up and down this year. And uh, teams have picked on them at appropriate times. And so those are just things that Baylor's had to overcome this year. Lance Leipold was asked in his press conference yesterday, kind of a running joke that, you know, everybody always schedule, you know, KU as their homecoming game. So, <laughs> you know, last week it was Oklahoma's, this week it's Baylor's. I mean, obviously Baylor's trying to get back on the winning track. Tell me what you expect to see from the Bears on Saturday and just give me your take on how you think this game might play out. Well, I think it's going to be close. I mean, obviously uh, when Kansas got off to the 5-0 and start, I think everybody around these parts said, well, this homecoming game isn't what we all thought it was going to be, and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a. It's going to be a push for the Bears. They've got to get better pressure. If it's going to be Jason being a quarterback for KU, I think they're obviously going to have to pay attention to what they do against a pass rush and trying to just make him uncomfortable. And then the same thing is going to have to be because I know that Kansas can run the ball pretty well, John, and that's going to be you know they had so many issues last week against 
Tony Mathis of West Virginia. Basically, their defense has to be a 180 of what happened last week in Morgantown in order for them to do this. And then if it's drones playing quarterback, again, I think a game plan that's going to be take your shots when you think you've had them, you know, field position to take your shots if you need to, but let your running game, which has been, you know, the way you identify your offense, let that be your guide and that sort of thing. I think Baylor will look back on these last two performances against Oklahoma State and West Virginia and say, we're better than this. We can win this. And I think they will. I think it's going to be a closer game than what a lot of people might have thought way back in August, thinking, you know, maybe this is going to be a 25-point win or something close to what happened last year in Lawrence. I think it's probably going to be like a 7-10 to 10 point win, but I think Baylor's going to have to probably find a way to put it away in the fourth quarter. But I'm not ruling out the upset, especially if the Bears play the way they did on defense last week. Well, Kevin, it's going to be an interesting one, and I know health and who's playing is probably going to be a big factor. And once again, hey, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast, and we'll definitely talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good, John. We'll look forward to basketball season when we got the two epic matchups going on with the Jayhawks and the Bears. Should be a lot of fun during that time of year. Sounds good, Kevin. Thank you very much. You bet, sir. All right, Kirby, it's time to see what we think about this Baylor game. How do you see this one, and and what's your prediction for how things are going to go this Saturday? Well, Randy, I, what I hope is, is that part of me is seeing a little bit of the version of Oklahoma last week, okay? And Baylor has not performed to some of the levels that everybody thought they were going to. They're going back home. It's going to be a homecoming game. They still have good players. They are really physical. They've got a good defense, okay? And I know, you know, when you hear Kevin, and I've talked to some other people, up front they haven't played to what they thought they should play, but they have it in them, okay? They have the ability Mm -hmm. to do that. They've got good team speed. You know, Baylor is a little bit banged up. Um, And obviously the biggest thing is, is going to be the quarterback. And I think that is... Oh, this again. Oh, no. Yeah, well, no. This one's different. Okay, because Gabriel sat out against Texas. So he kind of sat his time out, okay? Shapen has not from Baylor. He got injured on a Thursday night, which does give him two or three days extra rest to be ready to play. But he hasn't sat out a game. So with all of the things that you've seen, like with Tua and what what went on in the NFL and, and doctors and people getting fired and things like that, I'm telling you, I've talked to enough people in the football world, they say that people are being extra cautious now about this. So it's going to be interesting how this plays out. And, you know, supposedly Aranda will not meet with the media again until, I mean, until we see kickoff on Saturday. So it's going to be, that to me right now is the biggest thing, and I'm going to tell you why. You've got a, a freshman that's going to come in behind him who's talented, okay, but he's not gone through the battles and seen all the things that happen in a football game outside of when he came in against West Virginia. So the way I look at this, Randy, is KU's banged up too, okay? But they've got a bye week coming up. You know, I talked to the players about this today. You go down to Baylor and you just let it all go. I mean, you give it your best. You you go out knowing you got the bye week. So I think KU, they've had a good week of practice. I think they're going down and saying, let's go into the bye week on a high note. This is how I see the game. 
I'm going to wimp out here and I'm going to give two predictions. Okay. I'm going to give okay. a prediction with Shapen and a prediction without him. All right. Okay. With Shapen, I'm going with Baylor to win the football game. I'm going to go Baylor 34, KU 24. Okay. If Shapen doesn't play, I'm going with the Jayhawks because I think what they do defensively, a little bit of that bend don't break. They're going to be able to get back and get their substitutes going. I think they're going to make this freshman work his way down the field. They're not going to let things behind them. They are going to make him make throws. They've been pretty good against the run. And I know Baylor does run that wide zone, and they've had success with it. Uh, their offensive coordinator, Grimes, is one of the masters of it. But I still think that KU can get more stops and force the freshman into some mistakes, some misthrows, you know, on third down, get off the field type thing. So I'm going to go with the Jayhawks. If Shapen doesn't play, KU 31, Baylor 27. So, hey, I'm cheating a little bit here, but I do feel strongly enough that without knowing who's going to be the quarterback, that's how I'm going. So give me yours. You know, I'm going to follow your lead. I mean, it is your podcast and your website. So, hey, I might as well play by your rules. I like the idea, and, and I, I think I see it really similarly to the way you do, in that it the two – there really are two different scenarios for this game, whether Baylor's quarterback plays and whether he doesn't, which is exactly – like I say, it's kind of similar to what we saw last week with the Sooners and Dylan Gabriel. If Shapen plays this – is a really difficult game, I think, from a matchup standpoint, because one of the things that I've talked about for the last few years, and I, I know this is, I'm not breaking any news here, Baylor's offensive line is really well coached. They are big, they are very physical, and they absolutely knock people off the football. Now, they are not as physical as they have been the last several years, obviously. I mean, they had the, the great matchup last year in the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma State that was an absolute slobber knocker. I love that I got a chance to use that word. Um, <laughs> um, and they're not the same squad. They lost a lot, obviously, in the offseason, and we all know how the portal and everything else just changes college football teams every year. However, the one thing that they continue to have is a big physical offensive line. And we saw last week that against a team like Oklahoma that still has Oklahoma-caliber talent on their offensive line, they were able to take advantage of that Kansas defensive front using tempo, taking advantage of the heat and really what was a perfect storm against the Jayhawks. We won't, I don't think we'll see Baylor do the up-tempo thing. I think, like you said, they're just going to just be – just move the ball down the field. That's what I see happening. If Shapen plays, he's going to, he plus that offensive line is, that's going to be really difficult for the Kansas defense to stop. I think the Kansas offense is going to be able to score with him and can stay in that game and stay within a possession or two. But I think eventually, if Shapen plays Baylor's too much, I see them, I see Baylor winning that one 35 28 if he plays. A little bit closer than what you saw it. Now, if Shapen doesn't play, I see this one going 35-28 Kansas. I really think it's going to flip like that. I, I think it could be either 
I think they can be in a close game and lose if Shapen plays. It, you know, potentially maybe have a two-score differential. But I think if they if if he does not, Kansas has an opportunity to go get a win at Baylor against a good Big 12 foe and make themselves bowl eligible heading into the bye week with momentum both on and off the field when coaches are able to go out on the road and recruit and say, hey, we are after, you know, after so many years of struggling, this is where we're at. We are on the rise. Get on board right now. And that's a heck of a story to be able to sell. All right, so now we've talked about the Baylor game. John, you've been saying that recruiting is really going to heat up, like I said, when the bye week hits and how how fantastic it would be for the staff to be able to have that kind of momentum of bowl eligibility already in their pocket and really be able to talk about how this program is on the rise and, and really is the story of the first half of the college football season nationally. Talk about the latest that you're hearing about this staff on the recruiting trail and what people can expect as Kansas heads into the bye week after this game against Baylor on Saturday. Well, you know, Randy, they you know they went and had the three home games, okay, where they had over 200 visitors in three weeks, and then now that you got two on the road, and then you head on the bye week. And we, we've talked about this. Recruiting has been slow. Well, mm-hmm. not slow when you have 200 visitors in over three weeks, but it's been slow in, ter- in terms of news and maybe new guys on the board for the 2023 class. There are some, and we're definitely going to get into some of these guys. I've kind of kept a couple names down for some good stories coming up, but the coaches are going to be out, and this is where we're going to start seeing things. And I think the bye week is going to be the beginning of the craziness that's going to take us through December, and I'll get to the December craziness here in a second. But the coaches, I believe, are going to be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, So they're going to be hitting a lot of high schools throughout the country, and they're just going to be doing some cross-checking. They're going to go in, and they're going to see some guys who they want to bring in for official visits, You know, eyeball them, check on the grades, the transcripts, that type of thing. And then from there, I think you're going to see them start setting visits. So it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to hear some information. We're going to start seeing some names, some new names popping up. And then they're going to kind of set the recruiting board. And they're going to start getting a plan for December. Okay, And, and those they're, they're good. And I've said this on the, on the podcast before. The inside team of recruiting guys, of, of Rob Ionello and Greg Schwarzkopf and Scott Aligo and Grant Murray, all those guys, they do a great job. Okay. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, they are going to earn their money because let me tell you what's coming down the road. Okay. You've got official visits that are going to happen in December and I st- I'm still waiting to see if they could bring in a few guys for the Oklahoma state or the Texas game, the last two home games of the year. But Randy, people are going to have to brace for some craziness because I know KU is going to hit the portal December 5th. Okay, mark that mark that down on your calendar is college football crazy day. Okay, because that weekend, okay, you're going to find out where everybody's going for their bowl games. You're going to find out who's in the national playoffs, and then the next day, and what do they call it in the NFL when they fire all the coaches? Black Monday. Yes. Yeah, Black Monday. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if December fifth Monday has a name yet. But it's going to have a name because that is the day everybody can enter the portal. Okay. So 
On December 5th, you can officially enter your name in the portal. Officially go in. You are going to see hundreds of names going in on December 5th in the transfer portal. So this is going to be like mayhem. I think everybody thought they were going to be smart by doing this December 5th date. And then it, it, it the portal goes out in the first, it's like 45 days that it's open. Mm-hmm. Then the portal, there's another date after spring football. I think it's May 1st to May 15th. So it's two weeks in the springtime. But this December 5th thing is going to be an absolute madhouse. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Once we get through this December 5th, for this is the first time this has happened, that they've put this date in place, I guarantee you college coaches are going to come back and say, no way, we're not doing that again next year. We want change. We want to change this. <laughs> because, Randy, what's going to happen is guys are still going to be still trying to look at high school players and everything, but everybody's attention is going to be on the portal in December 5th. So, I mean, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have high school players are going to get ignored. Um, I've already heard a couple of high school guys telling me, you know, man, once this portal thing's open, any kid who's a borderline Division One high school guy, they're going to get left in the dust because yep. everyone is going to be focused on the portal. So I'm just telling you, with KU, next week, the bye week, the coaches are going to be out. We're going to start hearing about new names, and those things are going to start trickling in, and we're going to – we're going to find out over the next few weeks. We're going to have some guys setting visits. It's going to be fun. There's going to be some info moving. But, man, I'm telling you, it's leading up to December 5th. And then when that thing hits, God, it, it, it is going to be an an absolute nightmare of a situation <laughs> trying to track it. I mean, we're going to be just scrambling people who cover recruiting trying to keep up with what's going on. You know, it's it, you use the word mayhem. And, and I think that's perfect. I mean, it could be Mayhem Monday or Moving On Monday. Either way, it's going to be just an absolute debacle. And it, it's like you say, the college coaches are going to try after this or try to be like, okay, whoa, 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 this is too much. We've got to do something to make some changes here so we can try and, and get a handle on this thing because it is going to be absolute pandemonium on December 5th, like you say. Well, it's just, and, and there's no way to stop it. Hey, the rule's in place, okay? True. But true, I true. think I think once this happens and the coaches now experience what this is going to be like, I think everybody's starting to realize you know, everybody went through their fall camps and, and when they set these rules and then they, they've they gone through their seasons. And now I think college coaches are all starting to realize now what this is going to be. It's going to be like an avalanche. And it is going to those guys are going to earn their money starting December 5th on the portal and all the research they're going to have to do and all the scrambling because they're going to lose players too, right? It's just mm-hmm. not about the guys going in the portal. It's also going to be about which one of your guys are going in the portal that you're going to lose. So, man, I'll tell you, December, whew, I, I, hey, I'm going to tell my wife right now, hey, you and I, we're not going to talk much in December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there. You know what? That is the final word from John Kirby telling his wife he's not going to be talking to her much come the month of December. You know, you heard him talk about how people are going to be making their money when December 5th rolls around. If you're looking 
to generate and make some money for your youth sports program, for your youth activity, for your school, reach out to the official sponsor of the Inside Slant podcast, Team Driven Fundraising. They can help you with solutions to help get kids involved and keep them involved that might otherwise not be able to participate because of the cost of being in your sport or activity. Check them out. Go to teamdrivenfundraising.com. They can help you. Keep them in mind. Check them out. Go to the website. See what they can do for you. For my man, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. We have got you primed and ready for Saturday's matchup with the Baylor Bears. We have recapped and, as John said, flushed the loss to Oklahoma. We've talked recruiting. We heard from Rich Miller. We heard from Devin Neal. We got the behind-the-scenes, behind-enemy-lines view of the Baylor Bears. You are ready for game day. For my man John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com, the pregame edition before the matchup with the Baylor Bears. We'll talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. 